sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. I'm Serena and together we're from Noir. This show is all about women, specifically film. We are going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts or join us on YouTube. I'm so glad that you finally watched this movie. I honestly was so shook when you said you had to watch it. I was like, wait, you haven't seen this movie yet? Like... It's so, like, it's almost too mainstream, you know? I've seen bits and pieces. Like, I knew of it, and my dad used to love that movie, and whenever it was on, he would watch it, but I would just, like, come into the room, watch two minutes, and then leave. Like, I was never interested in watching it. Okay, so I'll introduce the movie before we get into it. Today we're talking about Legally Blonde, directed by Robert Lukatik. Ooh, I don't know how to say his last name. Lukatik? Lukatik. Written by Karen Metkula Lutz, Kristen Smith, and Amanda Brown. And the film stars Reese Witherspoon as Elle Woods, um, a student uh, at Harvard Law, who originally applies and gets in to get back at her ex-boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, gets Stays into some so much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine that being like your your revenge is you're like i'm just gonna get into harvard law like just like get back and just to piss him off a little bit i wish that's probably actually one of my favorite parts of the movie is that they were like there's no feasible way that this this woman would actually get into harvard so they made her a diversity like (laughs) like applicant like they're like yeah well we're always talking about expanding like our our horizons and so she's literally like the diversity student (laughs) which is like is so funny to me because my brother, he's been recently doing like college applications and stuff, and he always gets mad when people like tell him because he's half black. People are like, "Oh, well, like it'll be easy for you to get into college because like you're a black kid," because he goes to a school that's majority white, and you know you get a lot of those microaggressions often. <laughs> and he's like, "Please stop throwing this." And they're like, "Yeah, but like affirmative action isn't that like what you guys want?" And we're like, "Oh my god, please stop! <laughs> like, please shut up!" Because we're like historically speaking. Affirmative action has rarely actually helped out black and brown people because also, if you actually look, there's many studies done and statistics and facts that prove this, the people that end up benefiting from affirmative affirmative action are white women and Asian Americans. So this movie is accurate to real life. Super funny. Yeah, like, like, it always stands out to me, but I guess like a lot of people don't like recognize this very, very specific detail of how she gets into Harvard is she's basically an affirmative action student 
And I think that's probably actually my favorite. My favorite detail of the whole movie because they're like, yeah, this is feasibly the only reason she would get into Harvard because she's done none of the like pre-law work to get in. But they're like, I mean, she passed the LSATs. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. And it's it's they gave it's her a so four point I know she's good. Like, She's got like great. She's got the brains. She's, she's got, got it all. Great studying skill. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, why not? Sure, we need we need more diversity in our on our campus. No, yeah. it was really it's a fun concept and it was a fun idea. I always liked that idea. I think it's fun when um, they kind of do do that stuff. Like that's film is one of the only ways that you can really explore those like uh, scenarios, you know, like fantasy scenarios. Yeah, but like, what so if? I thought it was a fun concept. <laughs> yeah. First impression, I thought just from what I've heard and people tend to group this movie in with movies like Clueless and like other sort of 90s movies and stuff like that. I thought this was I would say that this is like a rom-com or like first impression was that it was like a kind of a rom-com. Um I guess after watching it, maybe not so much. There was a lot of uh stuff between her and the boyfriend and like that's kind of what it always comes back to is like stuff between her and the boyfriend. Maybe that like final scene um where really in the the whatever where she has that like moment in court um that was not very rom-com-y <laughs> like that made it it yeah, felt like, like a different majority, movie at that point and I, yeah i feel like this goes back but other to the than discussion that. on like happiest season and uh and when we did um we did happy season and then we also did you've got mail and how we talked about like movies are generally mm-hmm. labeled rom-com when they cater to women and i just think that that's like really funny because a lot of movies that are like oh. considered rom coms, like Legally Blonde and like Clueless, because even Clueless is like not, it's not like a romantic thing. Because the whole deal with that one, I'm pretty sure, is also directed by a woman, Amy Heckerling. Um, but yeah, like even that one is like, oh, like you're the popular girl in school and you're gonna teach this other girl that's not popular, like how to be popular, like kind of a deal. <laughs> and it, I just find it so funny because it's like, yeah, a lot of movies that are like labeled as rom-coms are specifically like ones that are catered to women because they'll be like comedy movies where there won't even be a romantic lead. Like I want to say like, like the Ghostbusters movie was like targeted for women because it was like, oh, three women are doing like the comedy or whatever. And then everyone was like, oh, they've turned Ghostbusters into a rom-com. And I was like, how? It's the... Okay, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. You like we when we asked people what they thought about rom coms. Like when you hear rom com, do you think it's like for guys or for girls? And everyone said for girls, Mm -hmm. right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we said that, and then like yeah, just like in general, like it'll be a movie, and even like like even women feel this way, which we also talked about with the You Got Mail episode, is that like when movies are targeted and advertised for women were like immediately put off because oftentimes they're written by men and so we don't expect Mm. to be like represented in those Mm -hmm. ways whereas it's wonderful Mm -hmm. when a woman writes them because they're infinitely better and actually representative which like this movie (laughs) like we actually relate with these movies so much more than we would if there was like a man but then it gets written off because of like gender contamination of 
like, oh, it's got a female audience, so men can't be into it. Or if a man is into it, he's like, just mm-hmm. dumb. It happens a lot with like music and the Beatles, One Direction. The Beatles? Oh, like guys yeah, like don't the like Beatles. the Beatles? Wait, at no, the time. Like guys love the Beatles <laughs> now, but at the time it was like a woman's yeah. band, like, oh, got like. I was like, what? Was it like English Fever or something? There'd be like screaming like bands of girls and like women that would like pass out because they're like obsessed with the Beatles. And then they like completely wrote off the Beatles as being like an actual like band that made good music because their entire audience was basically women until way later down the line now you're like super high and mighty if you know the Beatles and you actually listen to all of their discography and you're a man stupid same thing with like One Direction <laughs> and they're like oh you like Harry Styles because he was part of One Direction it's like why because women like he makes legitimately good music and he's never tried to like alienate his fan base because they're primarily women <laughs> Do you think it's also interesting? Like he actually just we like, just have to wait for that. their Beatles glow up. Like, yeah, we just have to wait for men to get on board. Yeah, <laughs> in thirty years they're gonna be the they're gonna be vintage and cool. Yeah, in thirty years, Harry Styles is gonna be the new Mick Jagger. Yes, <laughs> no, that's not even a joke. That's true. <laughs> that's straight true. Up. He's on the way. <laughs> straight He's on the way. <laughs> I like this resurgence that we have of, like, Legally Blonde becoming mainstream again. Like, you've got all these, like, TikToks and, like, Instagram posts of people, like, referencing, like, Legally Blonde. Because it was, like, like how old was this movie? It came out, like, 2000? 2002? It's, like, 1999? Dang. Like, in terms oh, of, like, our yeah. lifespan, 2001. Yeah, in terms of our lifespan, this movie is almost as old as we are. Like, it's only a few years younger than us. It's literally a year older than my younger sister, who is actually 19. Like, so this movie's been out for a while, and I just love that, like, <laughs> Gen Z is like, oh my god, this movie's amazing. And we're like, yes. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for bringing this back, because I I forgot how much I love this movie. <laughs> One of the things that I like that I had never known, because I've seen stuff around, like, about the movie I've seen like quotes and whatever this and that I didn't know about the well I don't know if you call it a subplot but the ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend um was like a bigger character in the movie than I thought she was gonna be and I oh. liked it I liked the dynamic mm-hmm. I like the sort of like enemies to friends um mm-hmm. sort of thing I like it when that's a possibility I hate it when the movie ends and there's like the good girl the protagonist and then the mean girls and whatever and that kind of stuff I like yeah. it when they end up friends I think it's and cool I think I like it I think I like it even more the dynamic because if this movie were in the 90s or even like around mean girls era like the main character she would have been considered the mean girl because she's the popular one Whereas Vivian isn't the popular one, so she's, like, jaded against the, like, popular mean girl. And so she ends up being the, like, mean one, and, like, the roles are switched. And I just thought that was, like, super interesting, because even in the sorority, you see this, like, you see this often in movies where there's, like, a a college campus or, like, graduate school or whatever, and there's, like, a sorority, is that there's always, like, some power dynamic between, like, the women where it's, like, oh, you've got the top dogs, you've got, like, the other ones that are just 
following them all around, and then you've got the top dogs, like, like henchmen. <laughs> but in this one, Elle is, like, she's the top mm-hmm. dog, but only because she's actually, like, an older sister to everybody. And her henchmen are just, like, her two best friends. And everyone just, like, goes through them to talk to Elle and, like, talk to each other and stuff. But then all of the other girls, they're all sisters to each other as well. Which I thought it was a very different look at sororities than what you see a lot of times in media. And I just, I liked it a lot because even when she's like, she's like, I'm going to go to Harvard to get back at him. Like, he did this terrible thing to me. I'm going to do it. And they're all just like, yeah, do it. Like, we'll help you study. (laughs) Like, they literally are like doing their like ab workouts and they're like quizzing her on her like notes and stuff like just to help her out and I just thought that was a really cool I guess dynamic to see on screen because that's very much what it is actually like for women most of the time like like I know I've had study sessions where I'm like I have no idea what you're doing but if you need to just like say your vocab words out loud and go through them like sure I'm just gonna continue to like work out over here on the side you can say them out loud I'm listening and it's gonna help you (laughs) go for it like that's so much more accurate than the oh well I have to be smarter than her so I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna memorize all these words but I can't do it because at this time I have to get an appointment and then at this time I have to go to what t-shirt contest or whatever and they're like and then I'll get my studying in and nobody can see me studying where she's like actively studying in front of everybody that knows that she's the pretty popular one and I just thought it was super cool because they didn't have to hide that she was smart the whole time and they they even hit that right off the bat with like the dress thing when she's getting the dress she's like oh I like this dress and the girl's like oh I've got this one like I'm gonna get one on her and she offers her like a last season dress and she's like I know this dress is last season please don't try to like outsmart me I'm not stupid (laughs) like kind of a thing and so I, I think I also like that it plays between the two dynamics of like what people assume to be intelligence versus like what intelligence can be <laughs> like there's different types of intelligences <laughs> and yeah I thought it was a, I like really love how they kind of subvert all of the like assumptions that most people go into a movie with I've heard this word before or sentence or whatever phrase before and I don't know if I'm using it correctly but have you heard of like weaponized femininity have you heard of that yeah yeah Yeah, and that is really common I think especially in like early 2000s movies it's like they would be Mm -hmm. exactly like a freaking magazine model except they're like uh, but I can use my high heel and stab you or, you know, I'm going to put my yeah. lipstick on before I punch you or something. Um, and that one, <laughs> like I think I I've seen it. Like there is even tough or whatever. Yeah. And to me, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's, I guess at the time, maybe it was different. That's like 20 years ago now that this came out. Like maybe it, it did mean something to people at the time. Um, to me now, it just seems like uh similar to we talked about a little bit before how they were like oh they would make women suffer on screen um Mm -hmm. before unaware that they were doing that and now they're doing it on purpose but they're like no it's okay because like the women were writing her to like it or to do this and stuff like that seems kind of the Mm -hmm. same sort of thing to me where they're like oh we still want like a sexy lady we still want we still want you know we don't want to uh push the boundaries of gender or presentation or appearance or value and we want her Mm -hmm. to be everything that women are 
but we're just going to make her aware of it. You know, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, maybe at the time this was like amazing. I don't really know. I don't really remember Clueless that much. I did see it. I don't really remember it. I don't really know what kind of stuff they did in that movie. Um, yeah, this seemed like kind of that same sort of thing. I weirdly, I remember like in the Scooby-Doo movie, this was like early 2000s. Daphne was sort of like that too. I remember her being like oh, super yeah, like, yeah. hyper feminine. Da-da. And she like gets them out of a, a situation by like using her foundation or something and like puts it on something whatever and she's like girls can do shit too or whatever i always thought that was so weird even as like a kid i was just like whatever yeah, like, like it was just like weird i mean i know we can <laughs> yeah because like as a woman watching, yeah like, yeah i know and it's just like i guess like a thing that like the male audience would never think about they're like you can like (laughs) like compact mirror and you're like yeah it works the same as any other mirror yeah you as a man can go out with a magnifying glass and kill ants i can also do that with a mirror because they're practically the same thing (laughs) like just because it looks different doesn't mean it's the same tool (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you're right there's like a hyper feminine but i don't think it was bad in this movie yeah they didn't do it that bad in this movie it's not like yeah it's like they they present her it was part of her character and then they subvert it by giving her the characteristics that are and i think that that was kind of like the point of the movie was to kind of like because this came off the heels of what like sex in the city where that was kind of like a big thing of like women like sex and women can like you know feminist things and that was like the peak of feminism at the time that it came out and like now we look at it and we're like really that's so dated but like at the time that's what they were talking about and so (laughs) this movie coming out on its heels it's like it kind of makes sense because it's like a it's almost like a like a response to that like okay we get it first wave feminism like what great for a second wave like okay we're gonna move into a new era and sadly this era is just now getting to the point where we're starting to talk about things that came out back then that are still that we're still trying to make points of today like in these 20 years because i guess in the span of things it's not that long but for the fact that it's been our lifetime it it feels like it (laughs) but like yeah i guess like literally our parents would be like this has only been around for like 20 years they're like that's not even a third of my lifetime and we're like oh yeah i guess this is our whole life (laughs) like i forget that people are like old (laughs) like have been around for a while and then we're gonna be those people (laughs) hopefully (laughs) at our parents listening to this (laughs) well (laughs) i mean it's just like a learning curve it's not like they haven't been paying attention it's just that like like we're so immersed in it and they're still like like they're not as immersed in it because they've already been so immersed in other things too i kind of liked her character in that um she kind of didn't have any weaknesses but it was in a, in a way that was kind of like a a guy character where it's like they just they really just didn't nerf him at all like they put all the good shit in one character and then gave her yeah. like a physical tangible conflict with that man who was running the internship or whatever and he was like, yeah, trying to get yeah. with her and she's like i really want this for my career da, da. Mm-hmm. and so and then she ends up like physically overcoming him it was nothing internal which is really cool yeah um yeah she's like no i know i got it i got you know all my shit together and you know i'm yeah. pretty i'm smart i can do all this stuff and then she overcomes the physical conflict and then or the mm-hmm. external conflict yeah and then uh prevails um, which is pretty cool. And I wouldn't say that she maybe like doesn't have weakness. Like there were moments that like 
wasn't she in like the nail salon and like with that woman they would have like uh since sentimental talks and like vulnerable talks and stuff like that um but it was nothing like uh i don't know i kind of liked it yeah i, it I don't think like... it was weird i don't think it was unrealistic um yeah just thought she was yeah. cool yeah. enjoyed it no, it's cool because I feel like like she wasn't weak in the sense that like even when she had vulnerable conversations like where they talked about like their feelings or whatever, like they were never made to seem like weak for that. And then like I think it's interesting because Yeah. I would say like yeah, th- like she didn't have anything holding her back except for how other people viewed her. That was it. The one thing that she had to struggle with was not letting how other people viewed her get to her. Like, that was the one, because she was about to drop out. She was going to quit. And then the woman, her one woman professor, was like, well, if you're going to let other people tell you how you how you are, like, who you are, then you're not the woman I thought you were. And I feel like I really like that they had the woman say that, too, because, again, it's, like, woman-supporting woman type of thing without it being, like, cringy. <laughs> it's just, like, another woman's, like, I had to go through the same thing that you are currently going through every woman is also going to have to go through the same thing at least right now like i'm watching you go through the same thing that i went through it's not you it's them and you can't let them get to you because it's not your fault you're not responsible for it (laughs) which i guess is also why i really thought it was interesting like vivian and Elle's relationship because at the end when or i guess like close to the end when like Elle walks out and vivian saw that like the guy had put his hand on her knee and she was like, oh, so like you, you basically like had sex mm-hmm. and like fucked your way to the top. Like, yeah, I thought we were friends, but you betrayed me or whatever. And she's essentially villainizing her own prettiness against her and like just how she like is perceiving Elle in that moment. And then she finds out later, she's like, oh my God, I thought that was completely different and I'm so wrong for that. And I like that they had her like realize that herself, but then at the same time she was like, I was worse to her than like I'm almost as bad as everyone else just because I put my assumptions on her as mm-hmm. well. And I like that they were able to like reconcile yeah. to that because I was like, it's okay. I understand. Like I would never do that to you, of course, because Elle hasn't grown up in like a she hasn't really grown up in the kind of like transactional female relationship thing. Like her entire life has just been like, yeah, women, we're like going to hang out and have fun. Like none of her other relationships, like in the sorority with her best friends at the sorority, like none of those were transactional. They just did stuff together because they were like a family, but everything in the law school is very transactional. And it's like, okay, you win this one. Okay. Uh, if you don't win this one, you're going to have to do the work and you have to get it next time. Like, uh, you have to get the coffee this time. If you don't get the coffee, you're not allowed in the room. Like, um, like everything at the law school is very transactional. And so are most of the friendships. They're like, okay, well, we're going to be in the study group because you were in women's studies. Uh, you were at Harvard, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we're all going to be a team now. No one else can come. And they're like, no, you don't get to be in the team because you're too pretty. <laughs> like, this is weird. So I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Just, like the reconciliation of like, the transactional relationship versus the non-transactional relationship and like yeah like yeah you did me dirty but i'm not gonna like ding points 
from you because of that. <laughs> like, you're not going to lose our friendship because, like, of that transaction between us. Like, there wasn't anything for you to lose from that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I love that movie. I like the way that you put that. I really like that phrase, like the transactional relationships. I think that's really interesting. And I, I wouldn't even say that that detracts from it. I think that they were still, like, you could tell they were deep relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of added to, like, all of the conflict. Because she was a very passionate person. And you can tell she, like, would get really attached and stuff. Um, and so that was, like, that made every relationship that she did have. Even the woman doing her nails, mm-hmm. like, she was able to have that relationship with her. And it, you could tell it was, like, deep. Like, she kind of f- is able to, like, form relationships with everybody. Which is just yeah. another, like like characteristic that they gave her that they were like let's just give her all these amazing positive <laughs> let's qualities because <laughs> yeah like, just, like i feel cool. like oftentimes like with the when it's like a man he's like the lone guy he's like the like oh don't worry what he says to you because like that's just how he is he's just kind of rough around the edges just gotta get used to it kind of a thing like if it was a guy that would have probably been his trait but because it's a woman they're like oh well the thing that men absolutely hate about women is that they're like chatty and sociable and like people <laughs> like that's like that's technically deemed like a, a a woman's trait or like a feminine trait i guess and so i love that they gave her that aspect and they yeah, allowed it to be a strength <laughs> like she was able to get close to i interpret the, it as a strength yeah like they they uh, it allowed her to get close to like the the bodybuilder not body the booty buster lady their their client <laughs> it allowed her to get like so many places that oh yeah, yeah other yeah, yeah. people couldn't get in because she was willing to like have a conversation and get to know a person because even with the, like the nail lady like they end up becoming like best friends she uses her own skills of just like I'm in law school and I know some big terms and this guy's probably not gonna expect them to come out of me so maybe I can scare him into giving her the dog back <laughs> which works <laughs> and she's like yeah well it's your dog like hello of course I'm gonna get your dog back <laughs> precious love it yeah I thought that was cool I'm trying to think of other stuff that I liked honestly I just really liked it all the way around like I have I almost have like nothing bad to say about it um it's really good (laughs) it's great (laughs) um yeah it was like the ideal life perfect fantasy i got super lost in it i was like super into it the music was cute the montages were cute um yeah the character dynamics were cool i'm obsessed with the like new girlfriend i'll find out her name because it was just like she was so good vivian yeah vivian um who plays i don't remember what her last name was but I feel like her act, like her actress or whoever plays Vivian, like isn't she like low key like a popular like around that era like actress? Maybe Selma Blair. She was in Hellboy. She was in both Hellboys. Yeah, she was in a lot of like, yeah, early two thousands movies. <laughs> so I was like, she looks so familiar. I can never tell why. Yeah. I think in the movie, who did she remind me of? Maybe like Aubrey Plaza or something. And I was just obsessed with her, like <laughs> bad, like she was rude, and it was her, just, like, like oh, it was so good. I love her hair, yeah. like <laughs> so cute. Into it, she was really cool. Um, so yeah, a lot of cool stuff that I just never would have known just from like what I had seen. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love that, like, <laughs> I love that she ends up solving the case by using her knowledge of very feminine things. Though, yeah. Or, like, something that's deemed super feminine. They're like, like, no one else in the courtroom's thinking, like, oh, well, obviously the <laughs> something, the something, like, clogulate or whatever. Yeah, like, her perm or whatever. And they're like, yeah, well, she, like, wet her hair, so it's gotta be... The fact that, like, you either didn't wet your hair or you should, like, or you're lying about getting a perm. And so, obviously, it's one of the two. And they're like, what the heck? How would you know that? And it's like, well, because I'm really into hair care. Well, yeah. And what's cool, too, is it wasn't, it went further than that. And she was, like, naming the chemical. She was like, oh, yeah, the she was, whatever like, chemical reacts I'm to really it. Into this. Yeah. And that's, so she was, like, smart. It was, like, she yeah, was, like, way wonderful. beyond. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah, and I guess this is one of those things again, where like it subverts the idea of like the intelligence, mm-hmm. and like the idea that like intelligence has to be like mathematical, but then it also has to be like masculine because it's like hair products. Okay, those are still chemicals, just because it's different doesn't mean it's the same. Like, doesn't mean it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just I love that they like did that. Like, it makes me really happy because it wasn't like they were trying to make her the the feminine version of a man yeah. character like i feel like in a lot of the movies where it feels wrong and they're like oh well i can do it too is that they have a female character that they're trying to make to be like like they have the man character and then right next to it they're trying to like parallel the man character with like a woman character mm-hmm. and they're like well she has to have all the same traits and it's like they don't have to be like <laughs> They don't. Yeah. She can be just as good as the male character without being the same as the male character. Like, the problem is that they're trying so hard to make her the, like, antithesis of women that, like, men should like while they're completely ignoring the fact that women watch movies, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it kind of comes down to, like, individual projection. Like, when guys make movies and they write male characters, especially protagonists, they'll pull out all the stops. And they're like, oh, he's got to be really cool. He's got to be this. He's got to be that. And they'll just, like, do the ideal guy. But uh, I feel like, you know, in, like, women – well, we kind of talked about a little before. And you said there's a director who writes uh, men really well. And we might do that later. But then I feel like in general – or maybe not – maybe I shouldn't say in general. But I feel like it would (laughs) – I feel like, you know, women – I would give them credit to know what the ideal like women protagonist would be and like what a really sh- like uh fleshed out woman character would be. And so when a woman yeah. writes it, they're able to say, oh, well, we should give her this and that and just pull out all the stops and do all that. And I feel like they did that in this movie. I feel like typically yeah. maybe they don't because they don't want to have that same effect where, uh, where you can tell when you're watching a movie if there's a mm-hmm. really – uh, if he's almost too perfect a uh, male protagonist then it's yeah. i don't know i feel like mm, it's hit or miss there but i really like it when they kind of just make them yeah the best. Like, why not it yeah because be, why not like, like for example captain marvel which mm-hmm. we should talk about as well we should very yeah similar we could because a lot of the comments that most men were like well i don't like captain marvel she's too perfect she's too powerful or whatever and we're like that's mm-hmm. the stupidest thing i've ever heard but like, it's why? like because why she's not? a woman like you literally have like iron man blah 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 you have like superman like theoretically they're unstoppable right so why does the female superhero have to be any different yeah <laughs> like what like we gotta stop holding back any sense. yeah yeah really dumb but 
Yeah, and I feel like this has to do with a little bit. I know we talked about this not on air, but we were having a completely separate conversation. I wanted to go about a TikTok or something, but about like the male gaze and how women like grow up, like, I guess, like subject to the male gaze. So they know how things are perceived when it comes to like the male gaze. But if the roles were reversed, like men don't grow up under the female gaze. So in order to like understand and like write women well, they have to like teach themselves to do that and like pay, like they have to actively work on paying attention to like how they're viewing women and stuff like that. Whereas we as women don't have to worry about that because one, we've been subject to the male gaze our entire lives. So we know what the male gaze is but then we're also women so we know what the female gaze is too and it's almost like when we have those characters that you're talking about the ones that are like that aren't done well it's almost like when a woman does write them it's almost like they're so they're trying so hard to go against the male gaze instead of just embracing the female gaze yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. And then it's, it's kind like, of a double-edged sword because then they're spending so much time. They're like, the goal is to not associate with the male gaze at all, but then they're told, they're yeah, focused they're fully still doing on it. everything through the male gaze. They're yeah. Just... <laughs> it's like, just do what you want. I don't know. I feel yeah. like this movie, they totally just went like, well, fuck it. Like, let's just do it. Like, why not? And I think more <laughs> movies should do that. Like, even if it maybe doesn't resonate well with everybody, like, I feel, yeah. I mean, this is like, such it's more than a cult classic like this movie has probably made so it's much money and definitely wonderful. put Reese Witherspoon into like star yeah, so like, she's very much into the like female empowerment good roles and like strong roles for women that aren't like stereotypes that aren't like things that like yeah like because this one is kind of one of her like big ones she just kind of was like, yeah, I love this. <laughs> and I want other people to like grow up in creative like fields where they can also experience this. And so she does a lot of work for that. And I think it's super cool. So does Gina Davis. And she's in um, Thelma and Louise, which we'll also probably talk about. That movie is another one that's <laughs> very, uh, it's, oh my gosh, I'm losing it. We'll talk we'll talk yes okay but for now we can move on and do fmf if you would like yeah sure okay cool so we got the boyfriend oh we got the good boyfriend the owen wilson Wilson brother brother. we got luke wilson (laughs) as emma richmond and then we have the ex-boyfriend his name was warner yeah I don't remember them saying that. Okay. Warner Huntington III, <laughs> played by Matthew Davis. And then there's Dorky David. We can oh, do is David. That the, the guy that like helps that she like pretends to be like an ex-lover of so that other women would see him as like attractive. I think <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do David. <laughs> the really nice, precious child. He was count as uh, played by Oz Perkins. He's like, yeah, let me just also help you because you were nice to me. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Those were just, oh wait. Yeah, those are the first three guys on the letterbox like cast list. So I that's would... pretty good. Like there's all like all these people are girls, and there's like one, two, three that were guys. That's yeah, cool. well, 
I'm going to be honest, I feel like mine would be exactly the way that it played out in the movie. Friendzone David, Mary, Wilson. That's not even his name. What is his character? Emmett. <laughs> Mary, the guy that she ends up being engaged to, and then I would screw Warner. Warner. Metaphorically. <laughs> because that's what happens to him in the movie. He gets screwed. Oh, you're yeah. funny. You got jokes. Be here all night. Let's go. I think I would friend zone Warner because I did not like him at all. I'm just looking at his picture and I'm just like, he was evil. So I didn't like him. So friend zone. Actually, he was evil. So I don't even want to be friends with him. But um <laughs> he was like oh you're so unprofessional and like that's cringy and i was like he sucks so what was the line she was like he was like i need like a, a, a strategio or something like that and she's like is it because i'm too blonde like, <laughs> i'm marilyn oh I'm yeah he's like, she's like she's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he was he was fucked up for that um anyways she deserves better anyways she and then i would better. probably fuck emmett mr wilson emmett that's his name yes and then i think i would marry david because he was a nice guy so that man <laughs> yeah and i trust him so yeah yeah that's why i'd be friend yeah yeah it would yeah. work out that's good, that's good. <laughs> I'm so um, cute. Like, what would you rate this movie, though? Um. Well, do you want to do Bechdel test first? Do we even have to? I mean, it passes, but it obviously passes. Yeah, it passes immediately. Well, we can talk about. Are there? There's no like women of color. Yeah, there are. The judges, black lady. Man, that kind of sucks, though. Because they literally could have made any of the other people. Like, the fact that I was like, oh, these are all women, and they're all white. <laughs> yeah. These are all white. Yeah, the black lady, judge, and that's pretty much it. There's, like, extras in the background that are of color, but none of them have, like, speaking lines. Yeah. Like, the judge, I wonder if they even gave her a name. Like, whatever. Or just, like, yeah, judge. Or just judge. Yeah. So that's kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, because they had to give her some type of name because she was speaking lines. Yeah. Just Monday. judge whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of unfortunate. It's always a wasted yeah, opportunity but... when literally, yeah, the nail lady could have done it, her two best friends could have done it, <laughs> the rival girl could have done it, that the new girlfriend, uh-huh. Vivian. They all could have been people of color, but fumble. But it passes, so. Uh, rich people. Crumbs. <laughs> At least it passes. <laughs> Rich white people. Yeah. Which I guess historically is what those schools would have looked like anyway. <laughs> the what happened? Especially while their diversity hires are white women. I was about to say, I know, that really exposed them right there when the diversity was <laughs> not diverse. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. People. Um, okay, yeah. So I really like this movie. I would give this movie like an eight because it was like so just enjoyable and fun. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just so quotable, but then it's also like just good 
writing, like, representation. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that the plot makes sense, even with, like, even if you stripped away the way that, like, the representation of all the female characters in the movie are, the plot still makes so much sense. And it bothers me so much when movies don't make sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll still rate a movie high, like, if representation itself is good, like, if the characters are good, but sometimes the plot doesn't make sense and it's like dang you have such good characters and the plot doesn't make sense I mean like I can't not think about that but this one I don't have the problem like at all I'm like every time I actually watch the movie I realize just how much the plot works and I'm still surprised to this day yeah so, I thought it was really yeah, good I'd probably give it like a 9 9.5 maybe it can't be a 10 because it doesn't have <laughs> black Excuse or me. <laughs> like woman of color characters yeah. or speaking lines that actually have names but it's pretty up there it's pretty good it's yeah one. it was really enjoyable um yeah i mean i was kind of drunk when i watched it but <laughs> i feel like i mean i would watch it again oh yeah i watched it the old time <laughs> yeah oh you want a good movie where i would recommend it just don't feel bad ever big <laughs> blunt yeah honestly yeah, Netflix, it was like kind of feel good like, you could just turn it on and nobody is upset <laughs> yeah yeah it was worth i'm happy i finally it watched it one. i feel like I'm i wouldn't so have understood it when i was younger but yeah i'm glad i watched it like now i feel like i was able to really like get it yeah mm-hmm. so recommendations i would actually say clueless i was about to say that yeah and probably her other movie fast times at ridgemont high Ooh, um, i haven't seen it yeah, it's the other Amy Heckerling movie that is pretty. It has like certain characters that are like known for the way that they're written, but that one, fun fact, almost didn't get produced because it deals with a uh, female character that gets pregnant and the, like, I think she gets an abortion or like tries to get an abortion, mm-hmm. and so because of that, and it was like late 80s early 90s it almost didn't make it same with that i would also recommend and this one might be shocking to people but i actually have fun fact written an essay about this movie and why it's amazing because it's written by women and how it essentially does the same thing as far as like subverting um assumptions is dirty dancing yeah, I we have to watch that one. 100% recommend that movie. I It holds up today. And I would say it's just as good as Legally Blonde. It's just as good. So those are my my three, I would probably say. Yeah. Like off the top of my head, definitely those three. Fuck yeah. I trust you because this movie was really good. <laughs> and so I would watch those. Clueless, I don't remember, but the other two. Yeah. <laughs> Clueless is fun. I don't I don't really watch movies like this, so I wish I had something to contribute, but not really. No Plus there aren't really that many movies, movies like this. I can't think of another movie where it's like a girl gets up in front of the court randomly and she's also like <laughs> you know, sorority fucking queen or I don't know what that is, but yeah. <laughs> it's unique. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess mean girls, honestly. Oh yeah, Mean Girls is good. Different subject matter, but um, I feel like they could take place like in the same universe. Yeah. 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 It was like the high school before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before that was her high school. <laughs> that was high school. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. 
Thank you guys for listening. Staying tuned. Please let us know what you thought in the comments. If you want to contribute to the conversation or have anything that you really like or don't like about this movie, please comment down below either on our Instagram or on our YouTube if you're watching or listening to us on there. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, definitely subscribe to us if you're listening to us on like a podcast, whatever, like Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and yeah, thank you so much again. Um, have a great day. Bye.